Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Hey, Rush Nation, before we get to today's show, which is an absolute banger, trust me on this, I want to tell you about the fantasy football playbook. Murph and I have been working really hard. Blood, sweat and tears have been pushed into our first publication. It's a book about fantasy football. Shock, this is a fantasy football podcast, but it's got strategy guides for all formats, rookie player profile reviews, Murph's PAS metric, which is exclusive to the podcast and the book. Head over to fiveyardrush.co.uk into the shop and go buy yourself the Fantasy Football Playbook. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? We're back. It's Tuesday. Of course, it's Tuesday. We drop in your inbox every single Tuesday because that's training. It never, ever stops. And guess what? There's no guest on a Tuesday. It's literally just me and the big man. We're on the TVs. We're on the YouTubes. We're all over the Twitter sphere. I'm right here. Big man, happy Tuesday. How you doing? All good, mate. It's, uh, yeah, um, obviously just running some tests. We want to start doing this so where we drop live every week. Um, without much additional work but it just takes a bit of time to get set up so um for those of you watching live thanks for tuning in live or you can come back and, and watch it uh, after you've listened to the podcast or even during if you want to see uh my uh my lockdown hair and beard growing more, and more oh out yeah people are gonna now see it amazing <laughs> it's ridiculous isn't it <laughs> um but yeah i'm all good how, how about yourself i'm good man i'm good I'm busy 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 the wife's picked up a second job now which is good bit more cheddar coming into the house but it means i am now twice as busy on busy on daddy daycare but 
I can't complain. Back at work, sun shining. Although it rained today, which was a little bit unfortunate. Yeah. But hey, can't moan at everything, right? No, absolutely not. As much as we would like to. Oh, to be fair, I do moan quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. <laughs> I got the old man. Yeah, man. Well, we've got some giveaways to talk about today. Murph's going to fill you in with all of that. Not one, not two, but three giveaways, Rush Nation, because we are fairly close to some serious milestones for the little podcast that could. It's actually four. We're doing a fourth giveaway. Oh, look at you dropping stuff live on me. Brilliant. <laughs> it is in there. It's in the notes. That's true. It does say one for today. So come on then. Where are we starting with number one? We'll start with we'll start with the one for today. Oh, okay. Um, Curveball. Like it. Yeah, I know. Before we do it out of order, just to keep you on your toes, make sure you're paying attention. So, um, as uh, as Stocks was saying, it's it's been a heck of a ride over the last twelve months or so. We've had a lot of new passengers on the train, so welcome aboard. Really good to have everybody. Whether you found this podcast a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, or beyond that, you know, we're just totally grateful that you're on the ride. Um, and we like to pay things back, especially when we reach. Um, some of the milestones that we're going to be reaching. So um, the first one is uh, you all clearly love fantasy football. I don't know why you'd be listening to this if you don't. Um, So we're actually going to be giving away three spots into the Warrior Bowl. Now, the Warrior Bowl is a new charity uh, contest. It's run by uh, JB and Greg. JB and Greg, I've been speaking to to Greg on Twitter. Uh, he reached out. Um, he's been listening to us for about a year since actually I appeared on the, the Joe Pizzapier pod, which was uh, awesome. Um, he's been with us for so long since he hasn't listened to the last couple because he, well, he's just got a bit behind, but he's going to. But um, seemed like two really good guys. They played uh, Britball uh, for Nottingham. So they wanted to give a little bit back to the community. So they're going to be running a large uh, charity tournament. And it's very similar to our good friend Rich and Ben um, who run the um, UKFL in the fact of it's uh, a large format to be held on sleeper. I think it's going to be 240 players. They've had a lot of interest already. There's going to be, they're easily going to fill it. So we're going to give away, uh, courtesy of them, three guaranteed spots. So if, if you're interested in playing in the Warrior Bowl, whether you have signed up already, whether you haven't signed up already, doesn't matter. Um, we are going to give away three guaranteed entry spots so that if they you know, get 500 people uh, filled in, you're guaranteed to play in it. So to get one of those three spots, I'm going to put a post on Twitter at some point tonight. Um, we're going to run this for two weeks. So pretty much till the end of June, actually. So we're the 15th, 16th today. So yeah, so two weeks today is the 30th. So we're going to run this for two weeks. And on the 1st of July, we're going to announce the three winners. You have to follow uh, Warrior Bowl. Um, you have to follow us, which you should be, uh, yes. if you, especially <laughs> if you're listening to us. Um, you need to retweet the post. And then in the replies, and all of this will be in the tweet, you'll need to tag two people who might be interested in signing up for the Warrior Bowl or might be interested in our podcast. Either or is fine. Um, so that's what you'll need to do. We will pick three winners on July the 1st. They will get guaranteed entry into the Warrior Bowl. So pretty cool tournament. There's, uh, they're going to be supporting two different charities this year. Um, this is very cool. So definitely go check that out. Um, and then we're going to be doing uh, 
our next giveaway is when we reach 5,000 followers on Twitter. So last time I checked, we needed 33 more, which isn't a lot. Um, but we reached that level. I would expect hopefully at some point this week, maybe next week. It, it kind of depends. Um, as soon as we reach 5,000 followers on Twitter, we will run a giveaway very similar to the Warrior Bowl one where I'll put a post, um, tag two people in it. Um, and then from anybody who has replied with those two people, um, they will be entered with a chance to win a physical copy of the fantasy football playbook and we will mail it to you. So there's going to be five up for grabs for 5,000. So, um, help get us to 5,000 and then you never know if you've even bought the PDF copy through pre-order or direct through the site, this is a chance to get the physical copy for free. So, um, good way to, to get involved and, and win a nice price. And then there are two more giveaways to keep an eye on down the stretch. Now we're extremely happy with the sales that we've had and very grateful to everybody who has bought the fantasy football playbook. Um, unbelievable honor to get to number one American football books uh on amazon uk and then also to chart in, in amazon us is, is incredibly humbling um we do have a stretch target i'm not going to tell people what the stretch target is we keep uh, the kind of sales numbers in, internally we don't want to share uh how many we have sold um hey man i don't even know <laughs> <laughs> we have sold more than we um sort of predicted that we would sell which is yep. amazing um, considering it's been out for two and a bit weeks. Um, so it, it is incredible um, to have done the numbers that we have done. Um, but we do have a stretch target. And when we reach that, we will do a very epic giveaway. Um, we aren't going to announce the prize. We will do that nearer the time. But at some point, it will get to the point where we will give away a prize. We're not a million miles away, to be perfectly honest with you. So a few more book sales. If you can help us get those in, we'll announce something very, very cool. And then the last uh, giveaway we'll announce is um, we are very fast approaching 100,000 uh, downloads of the podcast. So we're coming up on one year since we moved to Spreaker um, and we're just under 70,000 downloads in the last year. So the pod has really grown massively. We thought it was pretty big a year ago when we moved over, but uh, it's been an amazing year uh, to do that. And we're probably about three, three or four weeks away from this milestone. Um, and again, we will do something epic, um, which we'll announce as soon as we hit the 100,000 downloads. So uh, keep an eye on the Twitter, keep an eye on the pod. We will announce these. But the two for right now, one is the Warrior Bowl spot, which we'll post tonight. The other will be the 5,000 followers on Twitter because we're, we're 33 away when I last looked. So um, that'll be something that happens very, very soon. So if you want a spot in the warrior bowl, if you want a spot or if you want to get a physical copy of the fantasy playbook for free, then all you need to do is follow the Twitters and, and get involved. hundred percent. Talking of the playbook, Murph, we've, um, we're going to give you a little bit of an insight today into in one of the chapters, which is about Titan premium drafting and leagues and what you should do and how we feel is best to approach these things. We've been in quite a few already this off season. Uh, we launched, one of our book leagues finished today and that was a tight end premium super flex league and it had a massive premium on the tight end. And I think we should start with the fact that even if people join a tight end premium league, they might not necessarily even know they are in a tight end premium league or the fact that they know they're in a tight end premium league, but they don't know how many points a tight end scores 
as the premium or whether they need to start one or even two tight ends. You know, we had a couple of people in the league we finished today who didn't even know that it was two tight ends starting, let alone needing a third for a bye week or playing one in the flex. And in, in our league, it was 1.5 points for for a premium, whereas I've played in a three-point premium tight end league. So if you're not drafting Travis Kelsey with the 101, what are you doing, even if Christian McCaffrey's there, just because Travis Kelsey's getting three points a catch, like it's lights out, game over. Um, and, I, you know, Josh Drink, we were in a league and it was tight end premium and he got to number six. And I said to Josh, you know, this is it. We take Kelsey here because he's predict- projected to be the highest scoring in the league. And he was like, hmm. I don't think anyone knows we could let it slide. And if no, if he doesn't go, if he goes, then we could get Kittle or we could just get one of the others coming back because we really need it. You know, it, it was also one point PPR. So we grabbed my, I think Michael Thomas or whoever that was wide receiver one last year. And Travis Kelsey fell back to us, you know, in the second round. So we just, we got lucky there, but you know, you do need to be aware of what you are drafting in, even if it is a tight end premium league. Yeah, it's massively important to understand what the premium is and how that works. In this particular league, a tight end reception is worth three times what a wide receiver reception is. So uh, in our book league, it's wide receiver gets half a point, running back gets a full point, tight end gets one and a half points. And Travis Kelsey fell to us at the 110. It was an auto draft move. Um, And then we got Nick Chubb on the turn on the way back, which was, you know, just very fortunate. Um, But it's important to understand, as Stock said, the the scoring. This was also too tight in starting, which people didn't know. And so all of a sudden, it's not even a case of, right, I've got my one tight end, I'm locked. It's actually, I filled one of two. And it's important to get two premium tight ends, which we ended up getting a very good discount on Hunter Henry um, as our second. And then Jared Cook as our third. Um, and it gets to the point where we were drafting Jared Cook that he slots in at a flex, and it's a very easy position to, to fill in. And I guess the the rules of this, and we, we touched this upon in the book, is to understand what the difference is when you take a tight end. And eventually it gets to the point where it kind of flattens out, and then it doesn't necessarily matter where you take them, but you need to be taking them higher in a league. Um and so it's it's kind of twofold. You you get this initial wave of the Kittle, the Kelsey. Ertz is in especially in a premium is is very applicable given the fact he he gets about 80, 90 catches a season. Um so he is someone that's also very, very useful to own. And these guys are definitely more important to own than say someone like Mark Andrews, who will probably hover between that 60-65 range um in the season, you know just to look at last year's numbers, you know, Travis Kelsey had 94 catches. Zach Ertz had 88 catches. George Kittle had 78 catches. Darren Waller, which I don't expect him to repeat, had 84 catches. Um, And George Kittle missed games as well last year. And he he missed games, games. exactly. And that's that's a, a really good point. And then what actually happens is when you start to factor in the the differences of these players. So, for example, Travis Kelsey finished overall so every single player Travis Kelsey in a PPR league just a standard PPR league finished 27th the 27th player in all of fantasy football last year in um tight end premium he would have been number 10 so he would have been the 10th player in all players in tight end premium leagues last year so he jumped 17 places by adding one half a point and so then when and you add a, go on, add a full sorry. point that 
to, to give you an example, that half point premium gave him an extra 47 points, which moved him from 248.9 to 295.9. Add that 47 points again, and all of a sudden he's at 342 points, which is massive. Mm-hmm. He, he outscored every wide receiver. So he effectively, I think except Thomas, so he was the wide receiver one, wide receiver two in those numbers. I think he was the wide receiver one. Yeah, and then also, I think two years ago, Travis Kelsey was either the 10th or 11th player overall in just PPR. So two years ago, he was 22nd, uh, was 26th. When you factor in the half-point premium, they were 6 and 7 back-to-back. Okay, maybe that's where I'm getting confused. I'm sure Travis Kelsey was up there in just standard PPR leagues. Maybe I don't know, but yeah, the 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 drop off between the top guys is massive, and they outscore the wide receivers. It's almost as if they become a tier after you get the elite running backs. You then get your tight ends, and then you get wide receivers. I mean, to, to give you to give you some context here, looking at last year, just on a half point premium on tight ends, Travis Kelsey finished tenth, Zach Ertz finished twentieth, and then you had Darren Waller thirtieth, George Kittle thirty first, and Mark Andrews thirty third. So those three guys were pretty much in the middle. Um, and if, if, again, when you're factoring a 30, like 30, 31, 33rd, that's third round. So in all overall players, and if you're not playing a quarter, like in a, in a super flex as well, that 30 overall is actually more like 10 overall, maybe even less because you've got to take the quarterbacks out. And then you move them down to where you would normally draft them. So, you know, you need to be taking, um, for me, uh, Kiss, or Kelsey's a first-round player in tight end premium. He's mm-hmm. a first-round pick. Um, he shouldn't be getting to the 110. He should be going at the one, 105, 106 max. That's kind of where he should be going. If you're getting him any later than that, you're getting a discount of value. And he's a safe pick. So you can pick him. Um, Kittle and Ertz would be the next two off the board. It doesn't really matter whichever your preference is. I think they're both about as close as they can be, given the fact that Ertz will get a lot more receptions, even though he is slightly capped by Dallas Goddard. They, for me, are turn picks. End of the first, start of the second. Then you're looking at the rest, and I don't think Darren Waller gets to the levels he got last year, but I don't think he's going to be terrible either. I think he, again, is safe, given what Vegas have done over the last couple of years, first with Jared Cook and then with Waller. They target tight ends in John Gruden's system. So I think he's a relatively safe pick, but I put him in, I'd say Mark Andrews is four. And then you're looking at maybe like an Austin Hooper, Jared Cook, Darren Waller, those kind of guys are all into a sort of baked group, maybe with Hunter Henry as well. So those four guys. And I think all of those should really be coming off the board in the, the first three rounds. And if you're not getting if you're getting them outside of there, you're getting absolute steals. Um, so, so have those four in a tier and wait till you pick up a guy near the end of that tier. Uh, I didn't draft. I didn't join the draft until after the first couple of rounds. Um, and I don't have it in front of me. Did George Kittle go before our second round pick? Uh, I believe he did. I'm pretty sure he went the next pick. Had just Say he hadn't have gone and he had have been there at the second round. Would you have been tempted to go double tight end? Um... I'm not overly sure. There's part of me that would have thought about it. Yeah, Kittle went the next pick. Uh, it, 
it kind of depends how. So because it was a super flex, both Mahomes and Lamar Jackson went in the first round. Other than that, it was pretty chalky. Had Nick Chubb not been there, I would have definitely considered it. When when I see Nick Chubb coming back, it was an instant. Because after that, I mean, before... So the picks between... We were at the 110 and the 203. The picks were Kittle, Jones, Jacobs, Mixon. So then for me, Chubb was such a huge gap to mm. the next guy in our running back list. And which, he doesn't even have many receptions, really, Chubb, does he? That's... He doesn't, but he's such a huge gap to everybody to every other running back left um the next one would have been someone like Eckler um and I just think actually I was we were just better off just taking Chubb because Chubb is still for me a first round pick late end of the first so I think had there not been if he had gone then I probably would have definitely considered it given it was a two tight end start league um but it does mean you've got to get clever with the with the wide receiver running back situations in the next three or four picks. Yeah, you've got to learn um, a lot, haven't you? Yeah. So I think the, the format matters uh, a great deal, but I think what you've also just got to remember in, in tight end premium leagues, because a lot of people don't play in them and actually they're a lot of fun because they, they do for fantasy football, what Superflex does in the fact mm-hmm. that it makes the tight end position relevant. I've spoken numerous hours and don't need to recount myself here that tight ends just don't really matter all that much yes okay the the kelsey's the kittles we've outlined it in the book we i make the case for why they are too pricey there comes a point where they're a value but mm-hmm. i don't think they ever get picked at, at value picks for what i've worked out on a points per game basis if you draft well having said that those guys do have a significant advantage um, it's not as great as people have in their heads, but it is significant. In a premium league, it, they're even more important. They become premium wide receivers. They're wide. You have to consider Kittle, Ertz, and Kelsey as wide receiver ones. That is, they're literally. That is how you view them. They are a wide receiver one talent and top end wide receiver one talent. Yep. And you just need to change your mindset and know that's a wide receiver one in a tight end spot. That's a huge, that's an extra advantage. Imagine if you started your draft in a tight end premium and you went Kelsey, um, Kelsey, Kelsey Chubb and looking at someone who would have been, oh, we've got Mike Evans. So all of a sudden for me, we've got two wide receiver ones and a, and a, and a running back one from last season. Like amazing. That's a great first three rounds. Like you're you're gonna hope, you're gonna go home happy with that, and I think that's what you've kind of got to look for um, when you're doing a premium league. And the other thing to consider with premium leagues, so we talked about those original five. So when you look at the data, I just took the top um, like 15, 16 players. Um, each player in PPR scoring with a premium of a half point outside of those top couple of players jumped on average about 30 picks like 30 places so that's three rounds higher effectively is how you've got to think of all these tight ends so um you know kelsey and jared cook only had a 17 and a 14 place increase Uh, mark andrews was the next lowest he had 29 everybody else was 30 and upwards Um, jason witten for example jumped 41 places 
just on the extra half point he got for his receptions. <laughs> yeah, but you're getting into murky waters down there at Jason Witten. You're saying that, but Jason Witten was a top hundred player in in uh, of all formats. So top hundred is a top what eight ninth round, eight mm. nine round. He's, he's going end of the eight ninth round. It's based on rankings of last year where and finishes is where he, and obviously you can't take that into account and he's in Vegas and I, I understand all of that, but just in your head. He's the top 100 player last season in tight end premium. You know, Hunter Henry missed a ton of games. He was a 90, 97. Tyler Higby, who really only played in the last five or six games, finished 91st overall. I mean, it's where you, you have to change your mindset and go, I need to get a top, a top eight tight end minimum. Mm-hmm. So I need to get a top eight tight end because if I don't, the, the difference is, is massive. Um, you know, if you were to go from, let's have a look here. For, I'm looking at ADPs and I'm thinking people. So Jared Cook, Jared Cook is someone who's being drafted outside the top eight in redraft for tight ends, which I think is is mad, but fine. Um, he finished 89th overall. And then let's say you waited for Jack Doyle. Um, well, Jack like Doyle, pardon? I like Jack Doyle this year. I like Jack Doyle this year and I think he's got an easier route, but, you know, he finished... 50, 53 places below. And they're going in not too dissimilar, maybe a round ADP, not five rounds ADP difference. No, no, no. And that's that's where the drop-off really, really matters. So is it, there's a lot to consider. And then did the numbers correlate going forward in into 2018? You know, again, those top guys didn't jump as much in positions. They jumped anywhere between 15 and, and 19 places. That's Kith, that's Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle, Ebron, Jared Cook. But everyone else outside of there jumped about 30 to 40 places. So again, you're, you're thinking you have to grab your tight end about three. They're worth three rounds higher than what their ADP is because your ADP is not going to automatically adjust. So when you're in a draft, you can't you have your tiers and definitely you can wait if you're happy with one of four guys in a tier and they're going to stay there. But when that tier starts to dwindle, you need to press the button because the drop then starts to really happen. The, the golf is almost doubled, isn't it, from a standard league with tight ends? Because, you know, you mm. get one of the big guys and then there's a bit of a gap and you might be able to fill in with a round six, round seven, or even get a late round steal like Andrews last year, for instance. But yeah. the, there's only one team in the league that gets the Mark Andrews who fills into the gap to the top level. So if you're grabbing one of the earlier guys, especially in tight end premium, there is more of a cushion of grabbing an earlier guy in tight end premium than there is in a standard, hoping you can just fill that spot. Absolutely. And, and the other thing that's really important to, to hear is in a, in a pretty standard PPR um, standard league, I will 99 times out of 100 only roster one tight end. And then when that tight end is on by, I'll either stream another or I'll stream the position or whatever. I've got a number of different strategies I'll use depending on how, how it goes. Um, in a tight end premium league, I've always got at least two and sometimes three tight ends because again, for flex places, you're getting into the territory where having someone like Jared Cook is a lot better than having, I mean, Jared, Jared Cook, if he's in this range of where he finished last season, 89th. So he's probably losing to 25 quarterbacks. He's probably losing to, he's, you know, losing to eight other tight, oh, two, three, four, five, six, six other tight ends, 
that's 30. He's probably losing to about 30 running backs. So he's, he's, he's sort of wide receiver three territory. And you're thinking like, actually, when you're thinking like that, and he's a 90, 90th player overall, he's works out as like a, a, a mid range wide receiver three with upside. So all of a sudden you're thinking like, I don't need my fifth wide receiver. I need the extra tight end and he can go in my flex. You know, Titan Premium Leagues means Titans can play in your flex. And no other time would I ever say you'd play a Titan in your flex unless you've got both Kittle and Kelsey. Um, and then you've done something really strange in your draft and you're going to find <laughs> it difficult. But the rest of the time, if you just end up doing that, it's important to get a second uh, tight end and early. I, I, You know, there's nothing wrong in a tight end Premium League taking a tight end in the first round and the fifth round. Um, if the board allows you, maybe even the fourth round. You know, if you want to take two tight ends before you take a wide receiver because of the wide receiver depth, I also don't think that's a terrible strategy. If you went uh, tight end, running back, running back, tight end, I don't think that's terrible. I think that's a, a perfectly logical play. I think given well, the scarcity at tight end versus yeah. what you can get at wide receiver. I was, so I there's just, another route to go down. I was just going to say that, especially considering that a lot of chat I've heard recently because of Corona and just making fantasy football a bit more fun is to increase roster sizes. And if you increase the roster sizes, then you are looking, you're going to need more players. So if you can fill your roster with two of the better tight ends, you're going to be getting more points on a weekly basis because the wide receivers and running backs are deeper in the class this year or every year because there's just more, like Murph said, position scarcity. So if you can grab two of the really good tight ends in a larger roster, I think you're off to it. You've got even more of a handicap on everyone else. Yeah, and I think what you've also got is safety. Um, And I like having that safety. I like having that floor. Just on that point, you brought up a really good point on um, COVID and everything. So... Um, today in all of the leagues that we commission and all the leagues I commission uh, outside of the five-year rush leagues, um, I took the stance today to increase our IR spots from two or three to four or five. Um, this is to allow for testing. There's going to be a shortened preseason. Therefore, people might not be in full condition and might pick up injuries. And we've allowed for out players to go onto IR. Um, this could change, but ultimately for 2020 seasons, I don't think this is a bad practice to have because players could miss two weeks for testing positive or being around somebody who tests positive for coronavirus. And that's a really, really real thing that we could have this season. And just as a result, I just think to have a better, more competitive league, to have those allowing those IR spots, because you could realistically have a team that can't put a team out due to COVID testing Mm -hmm. or injuries and they can't drop those players because they're all too high value. So they end up basically sacrificing a week. It doesn't sit well with them. A person goes, well, it's a redraft, sod that. I'll just, I'll just ignore it now. And then then you get a less active player. Whereas by allowing out players, they have to officially be ruled out of the game. Now that could happen, you know, an hour before, but more likely it's going to happen days before. And again, if you play in a league with fab and daily custom waivers, if it happens an hour before, it's very difficult for them to pick up a replacement like immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that, and that's your kind of insurance to ensure that people just aren't circumventing those spots because so-and-so has been benched due to uh, behavior issues. And that's kind of your way around it by doing custom daily waivers is the waivers run once a day. 
if someone tests positive for coronavirus on a Thursday, they get listed as out. They'll be listed as out on Thursday, which means on the Friday, the Saturday, you've got a couple of and the Sunday, you've got three days to pick up a replacement on on your fab or, or you know, and that's how we do our leagues is on, it's through fab. So it's not going to allow this mass. Oh, so and so has been dropped at five o'clock on the, at the random. Okay, I can quickly go and get someone because that that would kind of defeat the purpose of it. We we fail safety in the way that people can just if they get the test. Obviously, if it happens on the day off, they get a test two hours before. That is slightly unfortunate, but that's also if it's one player, it's not going to kill you. And I don't think I don't think it will be hours before. I think the teams will put into place. You know, they're not going to get temperature checked as they turn up to the stadium. They no. might have to report to a facility before the stadium or report to the stadium earlier because it's not. You know, they're not worried about fantasy football players not being able to field a roster. They're worried about their team being able to field a roster in the real NFL. So if they've got a couple more hours to prepare somebody else for game time decision, then they're going to be all all about that. And we've, I was thinking about the IR spots earlier as well. They're not. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because sometimes people abuse the IR spot with the out designation. So if you've got five in your league, someone might stash all the players that are injured, which might be detrimental if one of their stars does get corona. But if they don't, they might have more people on their roster because they've got the IR spots and people just designated are not out, sorry, not IR. So are you thinking that it's going to be a sort of... Uh, like an honesty bar situation where people just use the IR for Corona or are you just increasing it and it's, it's game on for all st- sorts of for out designations. It's, it's, it's a really good point. Um, I don't understand the advantage of stacking out players overly. Um, no, but somebody unless... like somebody like, and because I know on sleeper, you can, you, you select the designation for IR so you can have them as out or inactive or whatever you want. And so I don't know what Antonio Brown's current designation is, but somebody so might. Because he's an, he's not classed as a, a, cause he's a free agent. He's not classed as out. Oh, right. So okay. You can't have like free agents. Um, I was, think, I was thinking like, to a team. like somebody like Colin, Colin Kaepernick, for instance, or, I mean, he's a bit of a long example because in a redraft, you've probably only got one quarterback and then, I, I, so I would say in those scenarios, I would definitely be, I, and I will probably outline this definitely before the season to ensure that the system isn't abused. I don't think they get classed as being able to be selected because out is you're on a roster and you've been ruled out of a game. Mm-hmm. That's my understanding because there's about five or six different settings on sleep. Yeah, that's my understanding of the, of the out policy. So therefore I don't think that's possible, but it is one to check, but I will just make a note saying this is, you know, I'm not saying it's necessarily strictly Corona. And if someone is out and it's not Corona based that they can't put someone in there. Like, because again, we're talking injuries, people could get more injuries as a result of a less conditioning system. So you're going to see more ankle strains, more knee strains and things like that. I don't want people to be penalized, nor do I want them to have to take out. I, you know, I don't want to see players have to drop a player. Let's say, like uh, a Jared Cook, um, a Terry McLaurin, um, players like that who might be missing three or four weeks due to an injury um, because they haven't gone through full conditioning and then someone just swoops him up or takes a chance because they've yeah. got that spare roster spot. No, that, 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 that answers my question yeah. because so, it, yeah, you're yeah. allowing for the, the less condition of the players due to a shortened preseason. 
and I think that's important. I think you've got to do that. You know, yes, there's probably a way in which you know systems can be abused. And do you know what? I, I make I put everyone on notice now that um, if they do try to abuse the system, we'll just take it away, and then and then everyone can just suffer. And then, it, but what I don't want is is a league winner to be crowned on potluck. I got less injuries and less coronavirus tests than everybody else, and it's still going to have an element. It's still going to have a knock-on effect of that because. Yeah if your best player gets coronavirus and they're going to be out for three weeks, that is going to hit you. I understand that. I can't, we can't stop everything, but at least you can put him on IR, not drop him. Like CMC, if CMC got coronavirus and he was out for three weeks. Well, Zeke's got it. Well, exactly. But he's got it now. So he should be fine by the season. You would hope touch wood. And then if he's got his bye, that could be four weeks. You don't have CMC. So if you don't have CMC for four weeks, you need to draft a replacement, whether that's his handcuff, whether that's whoever. You need to get them off off waivers. But if you have three or four players who have that, you're, and half your team's decimated, at least with replacements, streaming replacements every week, you at least have a chance to remain competitive. And I, and that is the essence of a league. Is mm-hmm. You need to be able to ensure that, that players can remain competitive. Yes, you probably lose more games than if you had all of those players available. But you know what? As a, we play in a dynasty home league where I pretty much streamed my entire team and I won more games than I lost. Like it is possible to win games with streaming and the streaming section of the book will help. We will help with our weekly articles. We will give you places to help you get the best possible streaming talent Yes, okay, if you come into a bug, you know, a buzzsaw, it's going to happen. It happens. You might have lost with your best team that way. But we're just trying to ensure that leagues remain competitive um, and that having a player out, you've got the opportunity to bring someone. And I hope we never have to use all four spots. I hope a team only has to use it once or twice. I mean, we don't know. And I don't want to implement it during a season because then you've got a sticky situation if you bring it in. I'd rather just have it. If it never gets used, it never gets used. But if it does get used, then to ensure it's for the right reasons most of the time. Um, Again, if someone, you know, goes out on a Friday, they've got a non, let's say they pick up a virus or flu, that would be fine. I mean, it's not what it's there for in the spirit, but I'm not anti it if it's, you know, a viral thing that gets picked up on a Friday, like fine. Because it's hard to designate what is coronavirus and what isn't. So I think you've got to have a little bit of latitude of it. But picking up um, a lot of players on who are going to be on IR and might return and boomerang and all those sorts of things, I just think that that's where I'd be inclined to think you're taking the Mickey a little bit here, and you need to to tell that. But then they might be, you know, they might be the smarter of the fantasy football players using the available roster. You know, it's there to use it. Who's? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm counter arguing myself. My point from earlier. I don't really know what I'm doing, but it it is a little bit. But I think I think we just need to ensure there's there's some sense to it and and logic. So that's why we have done it. Um, I would encourage all commissioners to do it. I think the messaging it's been very well received from our players. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't had anybody object to it. Um, because they understand it's, it's unprecedented. I've put it in dynasty leagues for 2020 and then I'll remove those spots at the end of the season. Yeah. We, we um, will be doing it in our home league. I just haven't got around to it yet because yeah. the league doesn't and, start. And, so. and that's kind of what it's about. So I know it's just another thing to consider for leagues and, and there's a lot more things that we might have to consider for leagues um, as we okay. go through the next month or so. And we will share uh, what we think is best, but I think 
Now, IR spots designated without players only and not all the settings for IR is a, is a good first step. And especially if you do custom daily waivers with FAB. Yep. So people can't just be added willy-nilly. That's your extra insurance to ensure that, okay, so-and-so has been dropped due to behavior issues at five o'clock on the Sunday. Um, I can just go and get a replacement and, and, and just go and stick him on that. Let's be real about this a second. You know, Beijing have suddenly locked down all their schools and stuff because of a second outbreak in a market. And I'd heard a stat down a podcast I was listening to that America is somewhere in around 100 and the 100 teens death right uh, mm-hmm. currently. And they're looking at a projected 200,000 deaths in America. So, you know, um, projected wise, America is only just over halfway through their projected you know it's extremely sad death rate but the season is only three months away and yes coronavirus goes real quick and it reaches its peak fast but as we've seen here in the uk coming out of that peak takes a hell of a long time um and if america's peak is only a month or a month and a half before the season and they they suddenly turn around and say you know we're not opening all the bars and we're not doing this and everyone is locked down locked down like they did in china we might not have a season so absolutely and i think that's a really important thing to to consider so we're just trying to make this as fun as possible um and i think adding the ir buff spots having heard you talk about the lack of preparation going into the season has eased my thoughts about somebody stashing players as much because players will get injured due to lack of conditioning that that's a fact you know there is a reason why the baltimore ravens are so good at the start of the season and have less injuries really because they take the preseason and their conditioning really seriously because Mm -hmm. I think they've won 16 straight preseason games now and they have yeah exactly that and that's that's what you've got to consider some teams don't take it seriously and then they go down with a lot of injuries the philadelphia eagles immediately spring to mind um of players who get a lot of early injuries uh the lions the they turn up a week late and hey look the lions <laughs> are the same you know there's a few um yeah. but yeah that, that's just to cover that and, and to finish off the section on on tight end premium give it a go um we're all for making positions more relevant and the tight end position isn't relevant enough in fantasy football, especially for my liking. Um, the same way that the quarterback in a standard league isn't isn't as relevant either. So the reason that tight end premium is useful is because you can really uh, inflate that position to a, an area of importance. And it just adds more layers of strategy the same way that the Superflex does. Mm-hmm. And you know what? A, a super flex tight end premium league is a lot of fun. Oh, mate, you're, you putting a lot, you're putting a lot of different strategies on the board there for people to play and then if you slap idp on the side of that as well i think that is my utmost top of the cherry on top of my sunday league now i think uh, you know i think we saturated standard redraft and stuff so much last year i'm a Mm. bit sort of sick of it so now i'm looking for stuff to to percolate the coffee as it were and 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 mix it up i think if you play in as many leagues as we do if we play in so many ppr leagues we end up drafting the same players I and mean, it's almost like we auto draft. Um, yeah, so this is a good way of, of mixing it up and playing in different formats. So, no, not, not that we don't like being in leagues with you, because no, we massively do. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, so I did post on Twitter, um, mailbag. I have got a few questions, so um, I'm going to pose these and we can talk about them very quickly. Um, so first one is from Paul, um, who's at fantasy underscore NFL UK. Is there a genuine argument for taking Hill over Thomas in the Dynasty League if you're going wide receiver in the first round? As in Tyreek Hill? Yeah. Uh, not for me. I, 
I understand the argument and I could be swayed. And if you're about to bombard me here with Tyreek stuff, then Not massively, I, I think the age is the only factor, but Michael Thomas proved last year that he can play with Teddy Bridgewater almost as well as he can play with Drew Brees. And the amount that boy gets targeted, even though Emmanuel Sanders is there and Alvin Kamara will be fit this season. I just, he's in a tier all on his own for me at the moment, a wide receiver and, He's the boy, you know, third. Think, I, th- I think you're right. Um, the Here's the counter argument. And this is the only one that there is, mm. is that Sean Payton and Drew Brees leave. And then you don't know what you've got with Michael Thomas. And it's more likely that, that Brees and Payton leave before Mahomes and Andy Reid leave. Yeah, that's, that's a decent comp. That's the only counter argument, but you're playing two, three years in advance. And at that point, anything can happen. Tyreek has already had two sets of off-field issues and can have another one. I'm with you. I would never do it. But I, if I was making the counter-argument, mine would only be what happens when Peyton and, and Breeze go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then who, who comes in? And that's it. That's the only counter-argument. And I wouldn't like to make my draft strategy based on what-ifs. Because there's not enough to show me that that is going to happen in the next two years. I mean, Bree's going, but as you said, he played well with Bridgewater. As long as Peyton is there, then I, you know, Thomas is not going to be, he's not going to worry about target share. Um, so, and also the other thing with Tyreek is he's more likely to get injured given the type of player he is. Yeah. So that's the other, the other side of the coin. So yeah, I'd, I'd always go Thomas, but if you were to make the counter argument, that, that would be it. Um, Rich Cooling at, at Rich Cooling 32 uh, has asked which of the aging RBs currently in the RB2 ADP range is most likely to perform as an RB1 and he's given a list Fournette at 15 Gurley at 16 Gordon at 17 Bella at 18 Carson at 19 David Johnson at 20 ADP can you read the list again there was too many yeah. names Fournette no. Gurley Gordon yep. Bell Carson David Johnson. Okay, so out of those lists, out of that list, I'm having Gurley as my number one because I just think if he can get back to, he doesn't even need to be 100% of Gurley. He just needs to be the Gurley that is fit for the season. And, I'm, you know, he's playing behind one of the better offensive lines in the league now. The Rams last year, their offensive line wasn't as good. Devonta Freeman got targeted a hell of a lot last year by Matt Ryan. And guess what? Todd Gurley can catch the ball pretty much as good as anyone else in the league. And, you know, it's been said that is a starting team of first round picks. Whether you like it or not, there is talent across the whole team on the Atlanta Falcons offense. And I think Todd Gurley's value, and we said this last year and only the second half of the season did he sort of come good. But if he can get right in Georgia... Of that list, he's the one who can get right the most and, and definitely return one, running back one value. Sorry. Well, also he was the he was an RB one last year. He finished as the RB twelve. There you go. So and he's got a behind, you know he's got a better situation than he did. He's got a better quarterback throwing to him. He's got a better offensive line. He's got better blocking. Um, the only question we talk earlier is is he healthy? I'm not expecting him to go uh, like a top six running back, but I think he he easily could get into the top ten, and I wouldn't be shocked. So uh, I definitely Gurley on the tier in his own. I like Melvin Gordon this year. I think, again, good line, good scheme. Run the ball a lot. A um, lot of weapons. He can catch the ball. 
I do like Melvin Gordon. I think Philip Lindsay is going to get in the way a little bit. Um, And and Royce Freeman could get in the way too much. Royce Freeman could get in the way out of the backfield catching as well. Yeah. So, but I I think if I was to hedge, he would be my hedger. I think Gordon has a chance. Bell, if Adam Gaze wasn't there, I'd I'd definitely (laughs) say he would have a chance. I, I don't really hate any of those players. Um, I don't really like Fournette as ADP, but um, I think the the rest of them, I think, are, are good players to consider. But f- for me, it's it's Gurley very easily, then Gordon, and then yeah, maybe Carson or Bell. Even DJ, if he can remain healthy, there's a, there's it. a route there. Um, there's players to consider. But I think Chris yeah. Carson as well. The thing with Carson, he could have an explosive start to the season because by all accounts, Penny is going to be on the pup. So you yeah. know, Carlos Hyde's there, but. Carlos Hyde has already come out and said Carson is the dog here. You know, yeah, I, I'm pretty much here to fill the seat until Penny gets back. I think that's why they got Hyde. And... Carson's got a bit of an injury, so and he gets injury prone. He does, he, he fumbles, but yeah, it should be should be a safe-ish job. I think I don't think any of those are in danger of being outside an RB two. So no, um, but Gurley is the upside. Um, two more questions. One's from Pitsy. Pitsy at the oh. NFL. Good old Pitsy. Can you each recall your favorite fantasy ship and what was it about it that made it so much sweeter to become your favorite? My favorite was last year winning the home league dynasty because I got to the final in the inaugural year and just got blasted by Josh because Josh had a a mediocre season, got into the playoffs and then just absolutely annihilated me and Joe in the playoffs. (laughs) It wasn't even funny. And then to come back the year after and win it, that was, yeah, that was my favorite just because... I revenged what should have been the year before. But yeah, what about you? Uh, I have two. Um, of course you so, do, because you win more ships than me. <laughs> uh, one's my first one, 2001. First, second year as a player was last in the first season as I was learning the game and came back and won at year two. Uh, traded for Priest Holmes. I've gone through your story before, but th- that was special. And winning the home league uh, that we play in last year, um, that was a drag you were, standard. You were the chasing reason, that dragon for ages, <laughs> chased it for a while, which was annoying, but more importantly, I dominated that league like it wasn't even close. Um, I led it wire to wire, I was top of the standings week one, went in as the one seed, dominated the playoffs, like it was just as clinical and you know, when you draft Lamar Jackson in the, in the 11th or 12th round then you know it makes life a lot easier <laughs> Good night, so, you know i had him and him and winston and it was a struggle as to who to play most weeks um well it wasn't but it was nice to have both <laughs> options i ended up dropping winston in the playoffs because i was just like i just don't need him anymore like yep. it was crazy um but it, i think it was because i led it wire to wire like i just dominated it um i think that's what made it special like it's always good to win but it's another just to really suffocate the rest of the league and just mm-hmm. just put everyone and i beat james the commissioner final which is pretty good <laughs> um so i enjoyed that well the final question before uh we sign off we did get one from from martin which is at, at lucky fantasy guy but it's quite a long one and i do think we pick it up because i think it's fun but uh we won't do it now um this is from matt in matt uh, Inkster at Matt Inkster. Uh, he asked, "Who so far? Who's your best value pick, and where can you get them?" I mean, well, this it's kind season, of a bit vague. Yeah, it's, it's a bit vague because it could be anyone. Um, so I've got one. I don't have a current one because I haven't done many drafts in the last week to sort of garner a a perspective on that. A pers- 
Yeah, I don't. But in the initial best balls we did, Juju was miles down the ADP and I was getting Juju in like the fourth or fifth round in best ball. And every best ball I did, I was just smashing Juju's button, draft, draft, draft in the fourth or fifth. Because I think in my in my rankings, I've got Juju either third or second this year for wide receiver in, in uh, standard, I think. Um, and then a little bit lower in half point in PPR. But yeah, I'm all about Juju this year. So getting him in the fourth and fifth was like, take my money all day long. Yeah, I think he's climbing up boards now. Mine oh yeah, he's, is, he's well back up there now. <laughs> mine's a similar. Mine's Bobby Trees, uh, Robert Woods. You can get him at the back end of the fourth and the fifth round. Thanks very much. I'm taking him all day, every single time. Um, easy. It's easy money. Just my, every my time. Only concern, concern with Robert Woods is that you're not, I'm not saying this is bad on your mouth, but you know, we are uh, Kevin from the podcast we were on the other day. He was hyping up Bobby Trees and then you know I've heard loads of people saying his name and I think come actual draft season strikes we could be saying actually Cooper Cup's the value of the pair here because Robert but Kevin is... wasn't picking up Bobby Trees he had him in his 28th wide receiver and I ended up convincing him that Bobby Trees was the better buy yeah yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> now yeah. he picks him up everywhere and I see him on Twitter with his head back in drafts posing as he makes his picks Kevin I know you're listening so just pointing <laughs> this one out here I told you every time you select Robert Woods, I want a GIF virtual high five because I know, I know what I said to you. I've got in your head and I know you're picking him and I've got you in a good way because you should be drafting Robert Woods everywhere. Um, so yeah, uh, just give credit where it's due, Rob, uh, Kevin, because you know, that was me, you know, I sold you on, on, on Bobby trees and he's the, he's the one to grab. So uh, I've done myself out of many Bobby tree shares now because everyone's going to draft him before I get him. But well, uh, hey. yeah, if you're getting him in the fourth round, fifth round, he's an absolute steal. Um, don't forget Raquel Armstead. You can get him in like the 12th or 13th round. He's an absolute steal as well because yeah, he really is like a six, seven round player. 100%. Go get yourself some Raquel Armstead. Big man, this has been a lot of fun. I've got two points before we leave. A closing paragraph, if you will. My first one is Rush Nation. We massively appreciate you. We climbed to fourth in the iTunes for UK Fantasy Sports podcast rankings last week. That was second in the fantasy American football behind two English Premier League fantasies. And, you know, it was only the fantasy footballers that we managed to not climb over to get to the top of the ladder. And those boys know a thing or two about the fantasy football industry. So we'll take we'll take second to those boys because they are top lads. And, uh, yeah. I just want to say thanks for continuing to support the book and going out there and buying it because, you know, we wrote it as a passion project and it's it's a lot of love. So, yeah, massively thank you. But until Thursday, when we are going to drop an absolute banger, as always, Rush Nation, stay safe and don't forget, keep rushing. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.